Friends, welcome to episode 75 of the Love Your People Well podcast. If we have not yet met, uh, my name is Jess and I am so excited that you are here, that you are listening to this episode, taking a few minutes out of what I'm very confident is a busy and hectic day to, to reflect on and try to grow in your family relationships. I am so passionate about relationships and all the messiness of them and all the beauty of them and trying to help all of us have the best possible relationships possible. And today we're going to talk about maybe a funny topic when you think about loving your people well. We're going to talk about spring cleaning, friends. It is the middle of April, if you're listening to this in real time. And, you know, you might already be done with your spring cleaning, in which case good for you. You are way ahead of me. Um, But (laughs) I realize this is not a podcast about home maintenance and, you know, cleaning schedules and things like that. Um, Organization. I mean, I get into all that. I enjoy all of that. Learning about it, listening to my own podcasts. But today, what we're going to actually look at is how spring cleaning and decluttering and organizing and all that stuff actually does impact our relationships. We have four pillars in this podcast. We talk about loving God, loving ourselves, loving our family, and loving others. And all of those relationships are impacted by our physical environment. How clean it is versus how dirty it is. How cluttered it is versus how organized it is. Now, can you have great relationships and be a total slob and have a mess all the time? Of course you can. They are, you know, it's not a direct correlation. Um, It's not a if this, then that. But it is a reality of life that our physical environment impacts how we feel, how we think, and how we interact with others. And so we're just going to dig into that a little bit today. Spring cleaning is a really popular, maybe not, maybe not enjoyable popular (laughs) but but common popular activity for a lot of us as busy moms. And so I want to make sure that we're going into that with a right attitude, that we're recognizing, you know, this is not just another chore to cross off the to-do list, but it actually does invest in our relationships and give us an opportunity to love our people well, so I'm excited about this conversation. We will close out today with um, actually the way that I've organized our our conversation. We're going to talk through five elements in each of those four pillars: our spiritual health, mental health, family relationships, and then relationships outside of the home with others. Five different ways in each of those areas where our physical environment is influencing us, and where we have opportunity to influence others and influence our relationships. And then we will close out today with five of, I guess I would say my, yeah, I guess I would say my system for trying at least to clean and organize and kind of keep my personal clutter, my family's clutter under control. Um, They are not my original ideas, but they are some takeaways that I have personally found helpful, kind of a five-step process. I don't follow it all the time. Let's not let's not even kid ourselves about that. But when I do, I find it really helpful. Um, And you know, hey, if that's the practical takeaway you want from today, that's awesome. We will touch on that at the end. But right now, let's dive into a conversation about how 
the cleanliness of our home, the environment of our home actually does impact our most important relationships. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Now, I know, friends, that I often start with a disclaimer for these episodes because I am a licensed therapist in the state of South Carolina, um, specifically a marriage and family therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. Nothing I'm going to say today is personal or professional advice for you. Um, And no, I don't talk about spring cleaning that often in the counseling room, but I do talk about relationships and actually the topic of clutter and the, the things that come with it, anxiety, stress, things like that, that does come up more often than you might think in the counseling room. So I, I do want to always give that disclaimer. There's always a link in the show description if you scroll down in your podcast app um, to some previous episodes I've done about mental health and finding a great counselor. So if you're interested in that, that might be a helpful resource for you. And let me also offer maybe a broader resource for you, because if you have not yet taken our free five-day email course called The Five Tools Every Busy Mom Needs to Move Her Family from Autopilot to Intimacy, um, that's going to be a great resource for you. Now, again, it's not specifically about cleaning. It is not about home organization, but it does provide over the course of five days some very practical tools for assessing what's going on when you feel like your family relationships are just kind of stuck in a rut or you're disconnected, you're not really where you want to be. Tools that you need to figure out what's going on, why is this happening, what could I do differently, and then coming up with an action plan. So it's very simple, totally free. I will make sure the link for that five tools is um, also in the podcast description there. It is loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash tools if you want to grab that right now while you're listening. Um, But I want to make sure all those resources are available for you. Now, let's turn a corner and let's talk about cleaning. My friends, spring cleaning. (laughs) Uh, You might go deep on this. You might laugh at the mere idea of spring cleaning. But at some point or another, we all have to take care of our home. We have to dust and vacuum, we do the dishes and the laundry, we change sheets, we do more laundry. It's kind of a never-ending list of the tasks and the chores that go into taking care of our home. So let's start out by considering together how do all of those different tasks help us love God? What impact do they have on our spiritual health? And there are five things that I would encourage you to consider here. The first is gratitude. Are you thankful for these things, all this stuff that God has given you? How often do you really reflect on and thank God for your home, your yard and your car and your refrigerator and your shoes, all the thousands of things that can so easily frustrate us when we're cleaning them or we're picking them up for the 15th time today, we should 
be thankful for those things. And you might look around your house and think, I don't have enough. I need more. Like we barely have one pair of pants per family member. You know, you might be struggling in that area or you might look around your home and think, oh my gosh, this is too much. I don't need all this junk. I don't have time to go through all this junk. Or most likely you're somewhere in between. Wherever you are, we can be thankful for what God has given us. And we can use it in ways that honor him and build up his kingdom. And spring cleaning is a great opportunity to express thanksgiving to God and to look for opportunities if you're trying to declutter and get rid of stuff to consider how could this item that God has given to me now be used to bless and help someone else. A second thing we want to consider is how important it is to God that we take care of the resources he has given us. Now, he may not, I'm, I'm not, I never tried to speak for God, but I'm guessing, you know, I don't think he cares that much about all of my flip-flops. I'm sitting in my bedroom looking at my closet and they are not, you know, nicely organized. <laughs> does he care about my flip-flops? No. But does he care about my feet and my physical body? Yes, he does. And he wants me to live in ways and clean in ways and be hygienic in ways that take care of my body. He wants me to take care of my time and to use my time well. If 20% of every day is going to cleaning, is that necessary? Or is that possibly a bit wasteful of the 24 hours today that he has given me? He wants us to take care of the important things first, and, and we need to be intentional about how we recognize what those important things are and how we take care of them. A third area to consider here is, is really the, the reality. Now, this might not be true for you, but it is true for most women who I've talked with. It's definitely true for me. It is easier to turn our minds toward prayer and praise when we're not distracted by visual clutter, by reminders all around us of all the stuff that we have to do. I know that I find this, um, I do my quiet time at my desk, the same desk I'm sitting at right now as I record this episode. And right now it's quite cluttered. There are a lot of papers and folders and and trash, honestly, because I don't actually have a trash can right by my desk. And it is a distraction in the mornings. Usually what I'll do is pick a bunch of it up, set it on the bed right behind me, turn around, and then I pull out my Bible and have my quiet time because I know that my brain will turn to, oh yeah, I need to mail that in. Oh yeah, I need to fill out that form if it's right in front of me. So yes, we can take care of it in the moment, maybe move some stuff out of the way, but it's so much easier to connect with God and to feel like we are intimate and resting in him when we're not distracted by visual clutter all around us. And then if we think about a fourth point here for loving God as we're doing our spring cleaning, <laughs> um, when we are cleaning up, decluttering, organizing, you know, taking care of our physical environment, it makes it easier to fill our minds and hearts with the things of God rather than the things of this world, the material things around us. If you are constantly thinking about, oh yeah, I need to clean that up. Oh, I wish I, that was more organized. I just, you have so much stuff. You're always looking at it. You're always thinking about it. Well, then you're thinking about that and you're not necessarily thinking about the things of God. This is a great place to reflect on 
um, Colossians chapter three at the very beginning where it's telling us, set your hearts on the things above, set your minds on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And yes, we can, of course, have a wonderful relationship with the Lord and live in a very cluttered and overly full house or a very messy house, but it is simply easier to turn our thoughts toward the Lord when we are especially not distracted by our physical environment. And then a fifth point that I would encourage you to think about here is that the Bible is very clear that we must choose between loving the things of this world and loving God. We cannot love money and God. And you might feel like, oh, that's not a big deal for me. I'm not that greedy. You know, we, we're struggling financially. This is not an issue. But you have used money to buy the things in your home, to buy your couch, and to pay for the energy and the lights and all the things, all the water and the gas and the trash collection and all these things. Even your yard, you're spending time and probably money with the flowers and the plants and the yard work. And, and we need to re- be realistic, I think, that our stuff, the things that we have chosen to fill our home with, reflect what our hearts prioritize. Now, you may look around your home and think, I actually do value all of the things here. And that's wonderful because that's going to make it easier then to point your mind and your heart toward the things of God and to be thankful for him and to take care of these things because you you actually do value them. And this is a great opportunity at the season of spring cleaning to get rid of all the stuff that distracts you from God that, you know, a stranger walking into your home would see it and think that's not particularly godly <laughs> or, you know, what, what are they going to think when they walk in? Your things reflect your heart's priorities. So those are five areas to consider as far as your spiritual health and loving God in the cleaning and chores part of life. But let's also think about loving ourselves because cleaning Um, is often very closely linked to our mental health. Now, one reason for that is because a lot of us struggle with anxiety, and that really can be escalated from visual clutter. Walking into your home and, you know, looking around, and the first thing you're thinking of is, oh, yeah, I need to clean that. Oh, yeah, I never took care of that. Oh, I got to return that to this person. I got to take that book back to the library. Whatever it is, if you're looking around and thinking of things you need to do, things that are not yet done that maybe should have already been done, that tends to increase our anxiety, especially if we're already struggling with that in other ways. Now, let's not even talk about how much anxiety we can feel when someone asks us about something like, oh, hey, did you read, enjoy that book I loaned you? Or can I have my earrings back that you borrowed? And we're thinking, uh, uh, you can't because I don't know where they are. (laughs) That raises a lot of anxiety. And so, It's worth considering if this is something you struggle with, how much is your visual, your physical environment possibly impacting that anxiety? We also experience a mental health impact because it is super frustrating to either feel like, I know I have this thing and I can't find it. That happens to me all the time. You know, does the tape measure belong in a certain spot in the house? Of course it does. And it's probably in that spot about, you know, 25% of the time, never in the moments when I actually want it. That's really frustrating. And 
I mean, I talk often on the podcast about managing our frustration and our stress and, you know, handling that impatience with our kids and those interactions. We want to keep our baseline frustration level and stress level as low as possible. And I, for one, get frustrated when technology is not working like it should, or I can't find the things that I know I have and I'm not sure where they are, let alone constantly having that to-do list that's filled with things that I feel like should have gotten done a long time ago. All of this can raise our frustration and make it more likely that we're going to take out that frustration on the people we love and possibly on ourselves. We're going to be beating ourselves up mentally. Should have done this. Should have done that. Should have done this. That is not... That is not a mentally healthy experience. It is not a part of emotional wellness. The third thing to consider as far as how your home environment, your physical environment connects with your mental health is the guilt that we often feel when we see the impact of our home on our family. You know, when our kids get in trouble at school because they couldn't find their backpack. (laughs) They didn't have homework in their backpack. And you know right where it is, but you didn't have that time to actually put it back where it belongs in the backpack. Or your husband is late for work because he can't find, (laughs) he can't find his shoes or, you know, or whatever it is. Or just the fact that you're asking your kids every day, let's have dinner. Hey, everybody needs to clean off the table from breakfast because we never got around to it. There are habits and routines that can help with all of this, but a lot of us, especially that that mom sense of it's my job to take care of everyone, we wind up feeling guilty when we see clutter or a mess or you know something that you know falls at least partially on our shoulders to take care of when we see someone we love struggling because of that. That is a That's a mom guilt situation, if I ever heard of one. And it's one that we can influence by how we establish those routines and habits for cleaning and taking care of our home. But a fourth reason to think about this, to be intentional about those habits and routines, is that the more time you're spending on chores and cleaning and organizing and decluttering, the less time that you can spend on self-care. And actually, I'm going to link this with the fifth point I wanted to make here as far as the love yourself pillar of this podcast and how it connects to spring cleaning. It's partly about time. If I'm cleaning a lot, I'm not taking a nice hot bubble bath. I'm not doing some of that self-care stuff that I enjoy. But this can be a mind shift because for a lot of people, it is very refreshing to clean. Maybe maybe not the actual cleaning time, but afterward, looking around and saying like, whoa, this this looks good. I can see my countertops. I can walk across the floor and not be getting my feet dirty. I can see the result of my time spent decluttering or cleaning or organizing. That is a really good feeling. And, and there are people that clean as a form of self-care for like calming themselves down, for feeling better about life. You might hear that and think that's the craziest thing ever. But as a therapist, I can tell you, I have had many clients, many women who have put cleaning down as one of their coping skills because, well, partly because sometimes it's kind of mindless while you're doing it. So you don't have to think about it and put in a lot of effort, but largely because the end result is so encouraging and rewarding. 
So it's worth thinking about the time, you know, where am I spending my time if I don't have particularly great habits and I'm not taking care of things in the moment, it's going to take more time in the long run. And there might be ways to create some habits that actually are refreshing and enjoyable for you. So those are a few thoughts as far as loving yourself through taking care of your home. Now let's talk about loving your family, your husband, your kids, the people who live in the home with you. One of the great benefits of spring cleaning and like having these routines for taking care of your house, taking care of your physical environment, is that there's more time for family togetherness and quality time when there's less to clean and do. And you're not constantly running behind people trying to figure out, did you do your chores? Do we need to take out the trash? Hey, don't forget to pick that up. Instead of all of that, you can spend that time watching a movie together, having a conversation, going on a walk, you know, doing something that you enjoy as a family. A second thing to consider, you know, we talked about the frustration we personally can experience when our home is messy and we're having trouble finding what we want. Everyone is going to deal with that same frustration. And so the more that you can help your kids, for example, to develop their own routines for, you know, there is a sock drawer and there is a certain spot where we keep our books and we put our homework back in the backpack after we're done with it the less frustration they're going to have to deal with when they need to put on their socks because they're running late and they need to have their homework at school. And so helping, you know, I'm not necessarily saying do it, do it for them, but helping your family to have some healthy habits and routines in this area is going to help everyone experience less frustration, less stress, less anxiety. And if you think about number three here, thinking about your family budget, your family life as a whole, it, it can often save a lot of money to clean your home and declutter and organize and figure out what do we actually have. I think this is most obvious when we think about our the pantry in our kitchen. How often are we buying items and then later we discover, oh, we actually did have another jar of mayonnaise. It was just, you know, shoved at the back of the closet and now it's expired and, you know, we're throwing away food. And so there is a financial benefit to your family by figuring out what do we have? Do we actually need it? Are we actually taking care of it? And if you are aware of what you have, you've actually been, you know, moving the mayonnaise around in the cabinet so you can dust or whatever it is, that also gives you opportunity to get creative with the things that you have. Because you know, you know, I have that. Oh gosh, I really am out of mayo. And so I'm going to use, you know, ricotta cheese in this fancy sandwich that I'm making, or, you know, I'm going to use mustard instead or whatever it is, you know what you have and you can use it wisely. You're not stumbling across it when you don't need it and you totally forgot about it. And so you already bought a new one. And a lot of times we really do wind up wasting money when our homes are filled with too much stuff or we're just not taking care of that stuff very well. You have to buy new pants because you just never really took care of these and now all of a sudden they've got holes and the hems are falling apart. Is that the end of the world? Probably not. But it could be wasteful for your family's financial situation. A fourth area to think about here, loving your family by caring for your home is that it's easier for you to care for your husband and your kids 
if you know where things go, if everything has a home. And again, I'm not saying that it's your job to take care of everything, you know, just let them dump it wherever they want. Mom's the maid and she'll take care of it. But it is a great, joyful blessing to do something knowing this is helping someone that I love. This is taking care of them. You know, your husband's had a stressful day at work. Does that mean you have to put his shoes back in the closet? Of course not. But that might be a great way to love him. He may not even like notice in that way that he's going to say thank you, but you know, I'm taking care of you in this way. And it will be more noticeable if the living room floor is clean and the only thing on it is his shoes and you move them to the closet versus if your living room floor is cluttered with a thousand other things, you know, of course no one's going to notice you took care of the shoes because that's one out of a thousand items. So it just makes it easier and more enjoyable for us to take care of our people because we know where things go and it's not a big deal to put it there because it's just one thing to pick up and move rather than 15 things we have to pick up and move. And then the fifth area I would encourage you to think about, and honestly, I probably should have started with this one because I think for me personally, it's the biggest one. There is less need to complain and nag and yell and like remind people about the chores and all the things to do if our home is generally pretty clean and organized. And I, I mean, my kids are little, they're two and a half. And so, you know, my expectations of their cleanliness are pretty low, <laughs> but we do work on, you know, there's a certain spot for their shoes and, and different items. They know that. And so we, we are working on cleaning up after ourselves, putting things away, you know, not getting out 15 toys until we've put away at least a few other ones. And there's a lot less nagging from me if the things that we're dealing with are, have not been piling up for days and days and days. And it's really just the few toys from this morning or the shoes from yesterday. It becomes less of a frustration and a hassle. And I wind up having better interactions with them because it's not building, building, building over this long period of time. And so you will probably find as you do some spring cleaning, as you get some good habits and in, in routines in place for your home, you're not going to need to complain and nag and yell as often as you might be doing today. And then before we look at five, like my personal <laughs> five-step process for kind of trying at least to handle all of this, let's consider the ways that our home and our spring cleaning help us love others because that, that can be easy to overlook. They're not in our home all the time. They're not seeing things the way we are, but our home environment does impact our relationships even outside of the home. So one of the ways that this is impacted is that we have an opportunity to care for and love our neighbors and our community by taking care of our yard. <laughs> Your neighbors probably care if you mow the grass, by donating items. If you're not using it, there's probably someone else who would love it. And, and overall, just not wasting our resources. We are investing in our community by using our personal resources wisely. Second, it's easier to live out God's call for hospitality when you're not worried about the mess. <laughs> when you know, when people, you're the host for your Bible study group is sick and they're calling out saying, oh, we have to cancel. It's a lot easier for you to step up and say, well, come on over here 
if you're not also thinking, oh gosh, I would have to clean for an hour and a half for anyone to walk through the door, you can just say, yes, come on over and clean for 10 minutes or, or maybe not clean at all because they undoubtedly have messy houses too. But it's a lot easier to invite other people in to our space and love on them and care for them when we know it's not a total disaster zone. Number three, when we are spending less time cleaning and organizing, we have some healthy habits there. We have more time. We talked about already having more time for self-care and family quality time, but you also have more time to say yes to some of those outside opportunities, some volunteer things or grabbing coffee with a friend or whatever it might be that you want to do that invests in those relationships, but you know, you can't be sweeping your floor at the same time. And so again, that balance on our time can be really impactful. Number four, you can spend, I'm not going to say all because you there's always daily stuff we got to do. You got to do the laundry, you got to do the dishes, all that stuff. But generally, similar to how if we're thinking about our stuff, we're not thinking about God necessarily. If we're spending a ton of time and energy and thought on our home and like our tiny little bubble of the universe, we start to get distorted in our thinking about the outside world and investing in those relationships, praying for the people outside of our home, worrying about taking care of, figuring out how can I help the people outside of our home. So yes, there's an impact on our time, as I mentioned already, but there's also that impact on our our mental awareness and and just being more connected with the people who don't live in this tiny little bubble that you call a home and that you might have to spend a ton of time cleaning and taking care of. You can rebalance some of that energy toward outside relationships and, and people who you want to invest in. And then number five, it's a lot easier to enjoy the, the mementos and gifts that people have given you, the photos, the artwork, and whatever it might be, if you can actually see those things sitting on the shelf or hanging on the wall and you're not distracted by all of the junk that might be sitting in front of it or simply sitting next to it and claiming a bit more of your attention. You can actually enjoy these things that people have given you over the years, these memories that you've made because there's less visual clutter blocking them out. So that is a lot of ideas. I don't know what one of those might connect with you. Uh, you don't necessarily need to, you know, end this podcast episode and, and suddenly schedule a day for an entire day of spring cleaning because I want to reflect on all of these things. I mean, what, five by four? This was 20 different things about how loving our people is connected with cleaning and our physical environment, our home environment. Really, if just one or two of those starts to shift your thinking in this area, that is going to be a wonderful thing. And that's going to move you forward in these relationships. But let's close out with um, just a few ideas. I am not an expert in cleaning or organizing or any of that stuff, but I have found kind of a, a system that I find really helpful. Um, and this is not so much a system for the daily stuff. Um, really in that area, I, I find it most helpful to simply have my list and try to keep it short. 
and actually write it down and check it off as I do it because, you know, there's something to be said for checking things off a list. But when I'm thinking spring cleaning and going a little bit bigger than just the daily stuff, this is the five-step process I try to follow. And a lot of this actually probably comes from um, a woman named Dana K. White. I will put a link to some of her stuff in the show notes for this episode, um, which you can find on the website at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash zero seven five. Um, but Dana, she has a blog. Actually, I think she has a podcast. I should, I should download her podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've read her several of her books and I, like I've read her. And so I don't always think about listening to her, but I totally should. Um, anyway, Dana has a, a blog and several different books all around the top. The idea of um, a slob comes clean. <laughs> she self-identifies as a slob and has a lot of experience dealing with a mess that is far beyond what my personal mess is, which maybe that makes me feel better about myself. But she is a great resource. So I will link to some of her good stuff in the show notes. Um, So a lot of what I do comes from her, not necessarily all of it. But my personal five-step process is to start by clearing off the surfaces, right? So I'm sitting at my desk right now. I've mentioned it is covered in papers and a variety of things. But really what I want to use my desk for is my Bible time, and my podcasting time. That's Those are the two main things for this space. Um, and then, you know, so when I think about how do I kind of spring clean and really, really deal with it is to clean it all off, move it, move it onto the bed, move it onto the floor, whatever, and then literally clean it. That's step number two. Dust the actual desk, not just the parts that I can see on a regular day. Wipe it down, throw away the trash, you know, get rid of all of the the dirt that can often build up faster than we think. And then my third step is to deal with each of those items that I moved off the desk or off the kitchen counter or whatever it is. And to every every item I'm picking up, I'm putting it into its correct place. So that might be it belongs right where it was and I'm going to put it back onto this now well-dusted desk. My computer stays on my desk. But if I'm picking up one of these pieces of paper, now this uh, honestly might depend a little bit on time. I'm looking at my desk and if I had, you know, 10 minutes to really actually clean it, I would not have time to deal with every single piece of paper, but I'm going to put them. I have a specific box for the like, you know, stuff that needs to get filed or dealt with. I'm going to put it in that box. That's why that box exists. And so it's either going back where it was because that was its home or I'm putting it into its new home, or maybe not new, but it's correct home. I'm putting it there right now. I'm not putting it back on the desk to say, oh yeah, I need to put that in the box because obviously I've already done that and I've probably already done that 10 times and it has not actually wound up in the box. So at this point, step three, I'm putting each item where it belongs. Maybe that's back where it was. Maybe that's into, you know, into the box to be dealt with later, or that is into a donate box. That's a good opportunity. If I can't immediately think of like, oh, this belongs here, or oh, I'm gonna need this at this time or for this reason, then I put it into a box to donate. If I can't think pretty quickly about where would I look for this or what's the purpose of having this, where should it live, then it probably doesn't need to live in my house or certainly in the place where it currently is sitting. And then the fourth item here on my list. So my five-step process, my personal, this may not work for you, but my personal five-step process 
is to organize those items as I am putting them back. Um, so I've already mentioned, you know, these this pile of papers. <laughs> if I only have a few minutes, that pile is going to go into the box to be filed. If I have 20 minutes, I don't. I can skip right past the box. I don't necessarily have to deal with the box, but I can put the papers actually where they need to get filed. Or um, this might be something, you know, if I've realized, okay, these are all essential items that need to go back onto the kitchen counter. Well, they're not currently on the kitchen counter. They're on the table or wherever it is I moved them to so I can clean the counter. This is the time when I will think about, okay, I need, I know I need to put it back. That was step number three. I know this is its home and I actually do use it. So I actually do need it, but is there a better place for it? Um, you know, this is where like all of the spices in the kitchen are actually going to wind up in the spices cabinet. <laughs> They're not going to be in the various places where they might be. And so it, it's, I guess, pretty similar to step number three. Like I, where is the home for this item? It's going into that home. Um, but for me, it's kind of an extra layer of it helps me if it's looking pretty or it's looking organized or whatever. And so taking a moment to, you know, maybe I need to find a box to put these spices in so that they stay together and they look look more organized. They're not just in the right place, but they look attra- attractive or aesthetically pleasing or whatever. So I'm more likely to keep them in that spot in the future. Sometimes this is just writing a note on my to-do list. I would really like to buy a cute little box for my spices or whatever it might be, but trying to be intentional about how the things are going to look after I've cleaned and kind of decluttered and I'm putting it back where it belongs. And then my fifth step is to then move to the less visible places. So like the drawers in my desk are going to happen at the end and the cabinets in the kitchen are going to happen at the end because the visible places are the places more likely to make me feel anxious or stressed or for my guests coming into my home to see. And so I start with those visible places and then move my way towards step number five, the already already hidden places. Now, is there stuff in my drawers of my desk that could easily be thrown out or donated and all of that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I'm not looking at it every single day, so it doesn't have quite the same impact on me. And there you have it, my friend. Those those are my steps, my personal five-step kind of spring cleaning, decluttering process that I honestly do not get to that often because life is really busy. But it helps me to know what is my process. So if I have five minutes or I'm just, I've totally reached my limit on, for me right now, it's the kitchen counters. Uh, You know, I know how to use those five minutes rather than getting overwhelmed by just thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a mess. I don't even know what to do. I know where to start. I know the first step I want to take. You know, I know those first basic steps. And I personally find that really helpful. So friends, I hope that this conversation about spring cleaning and taking care of our home environment and the connection that has with our relationships. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to hop into the Facebook group and let us know like which of these items that I've mentioned today is hitting home for you. How do you connect cleaning and organizing with loving your people and the relationship side of life? I would love to hear from you. There's always a link in the podcast description. If you're not in the Facebook group, um, I don't know what you're waiting for. We have a lot of fun, a lot of encouragement, a lot of ideas. And so um, I would love to hear from you about 
your process, your connection between what can often feel very disconnected, our home and our relationships. But that is all I have for today, my friends. So we will be back on Friday with our quick bonus episode, Friday Faith Follow-Up episode. So make sure if this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button so it pops right up into your podcast library. And I would love for you to leave a review that write a review button is so encouraging to me and really helpful for connecting other women with this podcast and this ministry. So take, you know, 40 seconds of your day (laughs) to do that and then join us back on Friday for our Friday Faith follow-up. All right, friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.